Welcome back to the Different Spectrums Podcast. If you haven't listened to our show before, we have conversations around mental health and we dabble in humor. Yep, yep. We also try to help people understand, identify, and normalize their emotions from movies and shows, specifically certain scenes. If you, you probably already watched these movies and shows, but we're going to use a different perspective, and one could say a different spectrum. America's ass. All right. <laughs> And with that, with that, we are joined today with our guest. It's Salim, everybody. Hey, Salim. I think he's just twitching his eyebrows. I don't know if he's trying to be sexy. <laughs> what was that? Is that the people's eyebrow? It's the people's chin? Jesus Christ. I guess we're all a little bit. Motherfucker. To that, <laughs> I already hate this. I already hate it. <laughs> and of course, we're joined with our uh, our sound guy of the group. Um, he's a licensed clinical therapist. Yep, it's Nazir. We we need to build a wall. <laughs> Maybe don't tap it so many times with your fat fingers. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. I'm not used to tapping. I'm so excited. You got nervous there, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Hey, everyone. Of course. Hello. Peace. Shut, I'm going to have to verify. Shh. And we're back. <laughs> and of course, I'm your host for the show, Spencer. Yep. Today we got a good one, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, we're gonna be taking a look at two scenes from Talladega Nights. Yep. This uh, NASCAR. Okay, so I got this. I got you. I got the soundboard, and I got that down there. This is. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna calm down with the soundboard now. That Please. down there. What See, are you talking about? That down there. We got a soundboard everywhere. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're taking a look at two scenes from Talladega Nights, one being uh, the use of your hands, use of your hands. Oh, God, never mind. Don't do that. Don't do that in his ear. Yep, there you go. Yep, be a gay pianist. Um, and then we're taking a look at another scene where uh, Ricky wishes, um, I forgot his name, but his uh, one of his drivers, uh, not a good sign for things to come in the future. So, so my dad does the, the, the death prayers on people. There you go. Yep. Um, I'm being very vague for a reason, you'll see in a second. So, yeah, um. I'll explain a little bit later after the clips. Nazir, anything before we get into the clips? Uh, yeah, all jokes aside, we're going to talk about one scene to help out neurodivergent people just kind of normalize. We don't know what the fuck we're doing sometimes socially. Um, and then how we regulate a bunch of stuff. The second scene, we're just going to kind of have some fun. But then we're going to talk about some some rage and some hate 
Maybe also some delusional thought patterns that piss some of our friends off. So, hmm. oh damn! Bless you. This is how it starts. Well, lucky I'm not there. Yep. Uh, okay. Much love and appreciation to everyone following us. Yeah. Keep, keep liking us, subscribing us, all that good stuff. All the different places, different <laughs> spectrums, podcast. Find us. And FYI, the TikTok is starting to blow up now. So, better go hop on. Yeah, I hop. Get on this gravy train before you can. Get on the gravy train. <laughs> this is the no, next no, 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 hot no. thing. It's TikTok, y'all. To TikTok. We're too hot to drop. Pop it a lot. We're not playing TikTok, though. We're playing TikTok. There we go. <laughs> you don't drop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Just get whoop, to the clip. <laughs> Big story from Talladega today. Little-known jack man Ricky Bobby places third in the Dennett Racing Machine. Ricky, first of all, where did you learn to drive like that? The car. Uh, car handle rig. Yeah. Can you speak up, Ricky? The car. It handled real good. So what do you think, Mr. Dennett? He sure can't drive. He's got guts. Dennett Racing needs a racer like him. Come on, Daddy. He's just a stupid cowboy. Look how bad he is in that interview. Junior, driving has got nothing to do with interviews. I just wish the hell you had a little more stupid cowboy in you. I felt like I was on a spaceship. And uh, I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Uh, it'd be good just to hold them down by okay. your side. Yeah, great. Well, we were real happy with um, with what was going on. And uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, you got to be happy. What did you say his name was again? His name is Ricky. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby? He's got two first names. Whatever the hell his name is, let's get him over here. Everything ended up fine. Yeah, okay, okay, everything was fine. Thanks. Thanks. Great job, Ricky. Good job in the car. Ricky Bobby, a force to be reckoned with possibly in the near future. Rick. He's suffering from catatonic shock. His injuries are minor, but right now he can't deal with the trauma of the wreck. Kyle, Lee, this is a hard decision, but I have thought about it, and uh, I want the plug pulled. Yeah. Ma'am, your husband's not dying. He's just taking a nap. Look, oh, look at him. Right. Look at him. I've never seen him make that noise, ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got more plugs in him than a circuit city. Oh, baby. Mama loved you so much. Hey, Ricky. It's me, Cal. Just want you to know I got your back, bro, no matter what. There's something I want to get off my chest. And it's about that summer. When you went away to community college, I got an offer to do Playgirl magazine, and I did it. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff, and I was totally nude, and it was weird. I, I mean, you probably didn't hear about it because I went under the name of Mike Honcho, but I just wanted you to know that. If you could hear me, if it got into your brain somehow, that I spread my butt cheeks as Mike Honcho. Just want to say thanks, Doc, for taking care of our boy here. That's a foul. Doc, give it to me straight. Is he ever going to be able to walk again? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought someone had told you. He's fine. He found that wheelchair in the hallway. His paralysis is entirely psychosomatic. But we all need to go along with this because he's in a delicate state. So when you say psychosomatic, you mean like he could start a fire with his thoughts? No, not at all. It means it's all in his mind. I'm just saying, sometimes you get a knock on the head, you get right. special powers. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? Everyone's real friendly. I mean, it doesn't hurt being Ricky Bobby. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> so how's the physical therapy going? Oh, I gave that up. Yeah, I gave that up after maybe the first day. Within the first hour, I gave that up. I'm through lying to myself, you know? It's time to be mature about this and just face facts. I bought myself a $100,000 uh, handicap accessible van with the captain's chairs and the DVD plasma screens in the back for the You kids. all paid up on that? Oh, yeah, that's all paid in full. It's parked out there. Hold on, man. Hold. We gotta tell him. Uh, no. no, I don't care what the doctor said. We gotta tell him now. Ricky, the doctor told us that we should let you work it out in your own sweet time, but, Ricky, you can walk. What'd you just say? He's telling you the truth, man. It's all in your head. You sick sons of bitches. I mean, you walk in that door on your two legs all fat and cocky and looking at me in my chair, and you tell me it's all in my head? I hope that both of you have sons, handsome, beautiful, articulate sons who are talented and star athletes, and, and they have their legs taken away. I mean, I pray you know that pain and that hurt. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. You are not paralyzed. I am so paralyzed. No, no, no. Oh, rough on him now. No, he needs to know. Okay. He's always crying. Yeah, tough love it is, tough love. Wake up, idiot. You want to know what I am? You want to see what my life is? Don't, uh -uh. don't, don't do it. Do you want to see what's going on here? Don't you stick that knife in your leg. the first race ricky bobby was in and so he's a little nervous he's a little nervous and uh he uh he starts playing with his hands and keeps putting them up to like his face and then not knowing what to do he doesn't know the volume of his of voice, his voice. so yeah so he doesn't know what he's doing and then he puts his hands up and then the reporter has to like Push them down. This is for everybody <laughs> on the podcast. I have to give a visual. Yeah. Visual. Visualize yeah. the sensations. Yes. Visualize. <laughs> I hate the fact that you got him doing that now. You fucking piece of shit, Nas. 
hate you. All right. Um, and then the second scene, um, that was when Bobby was uh, in an accident and um, he was like in a, I guess he wasn't even in a coma. He was just asleep. He's just <laughs> taking a nap. Yeah. He was uh, taking a nap, as they said. Yep. And then his wife wanted to pull the plug. So. <laughs> I hated I literally hated her in everything dead. after this show. Everything. Yeah, she she wasn't in a good light after this movie. No. So. No. Um, and then after that, his friends come and uh, see that he's in a wheelchair playing basketball, but he's not paralyzed at all. So that's a good awakening. Um, and then of course, uh, to prove that he's not, in fact, or that he is, in fact, paralyzed, Bobby stabs a knife right in his leg, like deep i think he went through tissue on that one um might have touched the bone yeah and then he starts freaking out and then um to help with that his friends stick another knife in his leg to try and (laughs) they try to put another knife in there to get the knife out um and then they try to carve around the leg tissue so it's probably pretty bloody in there and um (laughs) It's just a crater. Yeah. Oh. It's just a big old divot in his leg. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yep. So, Celine, would you use another knife to get a knife out of your out of your leg if you could? Oh, <laughs> no. I would not want to put that. Ugh. I would not want to use another knife to get another knife out of my fucking leg. So, would you use a fork? Knives huh? Would you use a fork? Oh, I would just yank that shit out of my fucking leg. I don't care if I was bleeding or not. I would have had a nurse fucking yank that thing out of my damn. I'm like, get this damn thing out of here. Oh, yeah. well, there you go, people. Nah, I looked at. I was watching it. I'm like, really? These dudes are gonna fucking stick two knives in his leg? I'm like, what the hell is going on, these people? I mean, Salim, I would stab you with a knife if I had to, if I needed to. Why would you do that for? <laughs> well, to get the other knife yeah. out. Why? Right. I mean, that knife is deep in there, so you got to get it out with only thing if else. Not, a knife. I really just go to the. I really just go to the ER and have them deal with it. But you're in. <laughs> I can make wait. it, but I don't think I would. But if you're in the middle of the woods and somehow you have a knife in your leg, I don't know how you just you do. Yeah, a knife in your leg. You wouldn't use another knife to get it out. That's only you. You can't rely on anyone else. You got. Probably, not if I had to be blinded. Yeah, let's everyone out there do not use another knife to take out a knife just to make sure we don't get anyone killed in here. Oh, Jesus, I don't know, man. People are fucking weird, man. <laughs> the podcast said to use another knife to get the knife on my leg. Why yeah. you have a knife in your leg? Yeah, just making sure. Wow. Yeah, cover all our bases. Can't get sued. Mm-hmm. Can't get sued. <laughs> all right. Um <laughs> so. if they ask you why, tell them the tell them to watch Talladega Nights, and then, then they'll find out why <laughs> they had to get the knife out of out of his leg with another knife. There we go. <laughs> the next time I have a doctor student or a or a nurse come in the office, I'm like, so if I stab myself with a knife, do I use another knife or do I use a spoon? <laughs> Or if you get, like, stabbed in the back, do you just still keep on like stabbing? Chop it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right.
right. So <laughs> getting back to it, we we chose the first scene. Um more to show about like people getting nervous, right? Like what you do when you're nervous and maybe how to subside those things while you're talking. I think it'd be good to talk about like how, especially like public speaking, how people can kind of relax themselves or at least what you do to relax yourself in his ear. Um, I think that'd be good. And for the second scene, we just did it for shits and gigs, <laughs> shits and gigs. Um, just funny. Just, I hope you have sons, beautiful, articulate, athletic sons, and I hope it gets taken away from them. I hope you feel that. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Great scene. So great scene. Yes. You know what? Let's go, Salim. What are your first thoughts on the on the scene? Stabby and the hands, hands and stabby. Have you ever been confused on what to do oh. with your hands? No, I never want to be confused with what they do with my hands. You never have? You've never been sitting there talking to someone? You're like, just what do I do with my hands right now? Hi. I don't know. <laughs> I don't do sign language. I wouldn't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Sling doesn't have too much social anxiety. He just does his thing. He's got like supreme confidence. What was it? What? Yeah. Oh, you just said what's up. I was like, what just happened? I was like, did you just have a stroke? Did you say what's up or buzz up? He said, what's up? I know what you yeah, said. I, I was just like, when I'm working. I say what's up to all my coworkers. Hey, what up? Yeah, Salim just does his thing, man. Yeah, he talked to anyone at any time. He's not one of the neurodivergent folks. They're like, I don't know what to do right now. They just kind of freeze. It's not, he doesn't have the Colin vibes when it comes to that. Uh, I see. Only this is if more it was stuff freezing in this freaking room. I'm freaking like shivering still. Oh, it's because oh. it's cold. It's cold here in America right now, Slim. It's yeah, and I'm mean, fucking freezing as hell. <laughs> he has no feet after this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Slim. We gotta cut him up with knives. Yeah, maybe we stab him with a knife. You'll warm up. <laughs> I'm trying to warm up. I got a hoodie and sweatpants on, and it's shorts lying underneath. I'll come in there in a second. I'll figure it out. Jesus oh, yeah. fucking. Are we doing a show or are we just talking? What the fuck is happening? Right now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. It's cold in America, folks. The, what do they call it? The cyclone bomb or whatever the hell is going on right now? I've never heard that. Right. Oh, yeah. It's called the cyclone bomb or bomb cyclone with the full checks. Uh, Spence. Have you ever been kind of weirded out with uh, what to do with your hands and stuff, or what? Or your voice? Yeah. I think sometimes with my voice, it like I had a public speaking class, and sometimes I, I just wouldn't know what to do. I just like put my hands on like a banister or whatever, and then just leave them there. That's it. Like I wouldn't like sometimes I just stick them somewhere and I just leave them. I don't like some people who can really talk with their hands, which is like, yeah, you know, yeah, like all of that. And they do it well. Me, I'm just like, so we we are here today to talk about. Yeah, I just um sometimes I don't know what to do with my hands. My voice is fine usually. Okay. I know my volumes in that, but yeah, no. Now you're using my hands. 
We got to get you like, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders always has that pencil. You just got to get a pencil and just, just kind of wave that. Sometimes I do the Obama. I'm just like, yes, right, right, yes. Yeah. Mm. Everyone's got their thing. I had one student that she would always talk, and she was like the leader on this thing, and she'd always talk, and she would do this when she would be talking to people, like just kind of like, and so then I, Tara, randomly starts doing it while she's like lecturing. Mm. And, and I'm like, Tara, put your fucking hands. And then I was like, fuck it. I start doing it. <laughs> yeah, she would do this where she would tap them. And so uh, then it's like five of us all making fun of her while she's talking. She literally died on stage or in front of us. <laughs> I'm like, because Tara's like, why is she doing that with her hands? I was like, I don't know, child. I don't know. <laughs> Let's do it all together. We are oh, one. Oh, my God. We are the crap people. The, oh, oh, my God. Oh, God. Harvey wants to email her. Do you still do the crab thing? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, man, some people freak out when they're up there talking. Um, I've never had the issues necessarily with hands. Mm-hmm. I practice level of voice a lot. I try to practice speed a lot because I'm trying to enunciate things. I'm more about speeches. When I'm talking to people normally, it's fine. Um I feel like I have to gauge my voice a lot because I'm always trying to seem more calm or more feminine, uh, more docile. That way, people don't think my big ass is gonna murder them in the in the in the hallway. Uh, okay. So I'm always trying to regulate things mm-hmm. like that to make myself seem more cuddly, more playful. Um, I got a lot of students that have no idea yeah. about their posture, the way they walk. I got mm-hmm. I got one student that. No divergent. They've learned to like walk by watching TV. And so since they were a kid, yes, this is a fun one. And so back in the day, they were learning how to walk and they watched models. And so they really liked on how some of these models walked. And so they decided to walk like a model. So now they walk like a model going down the runway all day, every day. And now the person's like, you know, I'm kind of like self-conscious about this. Because like people will comment like, oh, you're so elegant, this and that. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing it. I'm like, damn, they do walk like a model. Like, damn, damn, girl, where you walking to? <laughs> like, oh, you, why are you looking so good right now? You, you like elegant as hell. It's funny, man. So we'll pick things up from TV and try and implement them, and my students will freak out because that's not how people walk or talk or act or hold themselves in reality. It's a show. Right. Um, it's quite funny. I'll get some students that walk on the tiptoes. I'll get some students. That just walk funny in general, too fast, too slow. I know a lot of my students on Spectrum walk way too fast. Mm. Like, I'll be walking them to the door, like in the hallway. I'm like, if you don't slow the fuck down, I'm going to push you. That's good. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt you if you don't <laughs> slow down. <laughs> if you don't slow down, I will literally... We need to build a wall. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna build the wall for <laughs> so I can't walk anymore. I hate these fucking. So if we build the wall, we're just gonna jump over it, or are we just gonna hop through it? We're gonna run through it. We're gonna run through it. Like, oh, it hurt. Like cartoons. Yeah. Okay. This is like Wiley Coyote. There you go. So it's a funny thing, man. Postures and hands. Um, sometimes with my students, they won't know what to do. So they'll just put their hands in their pockets. I tend to put my hands in my pockets a lot, but like if I'm doing speeches, I'm doing stuff. 
Mm-hmm. His voice regulation being quiet as shit, super common. My students would be like super quiet. I'm like, bro, I can't hear you. I just wanted my bedroom. And I just be like, speak up. And they're they're like crying and stuff. I'm like, I can't help you inside for you. Anyone someone does that, they're whispering and I'm like, uh, what'd you just say? I'm like, Oh yeah, because Slim can hear nothing. What? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, they're like ten feet away from me. I'm like, what did you just say? I can't hear you. you know, like today, you know, there's people like people, people like, hey, by the way, do you have any milk? I'm like, I couldn't hear them because they got the freaking thing on the freaking in the freezer, and they're just like screaming into the thing. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're saying. <laughs> like the fans are blowing in the freaking cooler. Yeah. I'm like. I can't hear you, so I have to walk up toward them. I'm like, oh, we ain't got no milk. They're like, well, we wanted milk. I'm like, we don't have none. They said, well, can you give us this kind? I'm like, I looked at the milk and it was fucking eggnog. I'm like, this is not milk. Uh, then they point at the next one. I'm like, oh, it's this one. Okay. Like, I'm like, if, you gave him, if you would have gave him eggnog instead of milk, Slim, I would have died. I would have. I almost did. I'm like, there's. I, would lo- I don't know. I would it's just like it's it's yeah. Today oh, yeah. it would have been fun. Yeah. Just just some person sticking their head in the fucking milk aisle, just going, "Do you want milk?" Oh, can you imagine yeah, yeah. how freaked out Celine was? Someone's head just popped through the freezer. What's wrong with you? <laughs> just like the uh, second time people ask me that, so I'm like, "You have any milk?" I'm like, "Does it look like we got milk today?" I'm like, can't you guys? There's like nothing on the. Shelves, and there's nothing in the back. I'm like, there's nothing back here. I was watching the show today, and the guy said, "Oh no, it was Atlanta." You've seen this? He's like, "Is it on the shelves?" When he's out Uh in the country on like episode nine, he's like, "No, then we don't have it in stock." Oh yeah, yeah. He saw the Confederate flag. You're like, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't be." He's like, "You have a cast iron pan?" He's like, "No." He's like, "I'll get it somewhere else." He's like, "You're gonna buy it on Amazon, aren't you?" And he was like. No. Some, <laughs> yesterday, Wednesday, some guy came up to me, right? He yeah. said, by the way, do you have any chitlins? I'm like, chitlins? I'm like, when does Walmart, when does Walmart sell chitlins? Chitlins. He called them chitlins. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute now. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm looking like, I could look for y'all, but I don't think you have any. You right? say he like said, that? if you don't, yeah, I'm like, if I don't, if there's nothing here, then yeah well there's not it's just some funny shit people come up to me random, random people come up to me like you have this and this i'm like you're approachable man look I you're like a look, miniature santa we don't have it on we don't have it like he said i wanted some chitlins i'm like man, mm-hmm. i don't here. <laughs> get out of here yeah, I didn't tell him that. I just said, "Get out of here!" I'm like, I'm sorry. Just stabbed him in the leg, son of a bitch. Buddy, 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 so thanks for your help. I'm like, no problem. Here's a second knife to get that knife out of your Okay, Salim. Uh, let, let's let's land a plane. Let's. Uh, that was Walmart talk with Salim. Everybody. Walmart talk. Salim's Salim's corner. We're gonna officially dub this Salim's corner Salim's when he corner. goes on his rants about Walmart. Oh my god! An official part of the pod now from uh, when he talks. Uh, <laughs> The second, I have no, I just completely forgot the second scene. I don't oh. even know either. Are we doing a show? What the, yeah. <laughs> the second scene 
<laughs> I, I think I'm gonna leave in the part where he's like dying on the bed and stuff like that, long as it yeah. you know, long as it can get approved. Um mm-hmm. I feel like there's something really good here that we didn't think that was there. What? There's a lot of humans I work with over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's psychosomatic. They're putting themselves through the shit and making it even worse than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Right? They're 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 manifesting these these delusional things, these thought patterns, this doom and gloom. They're catastrophizing things. They're physically and mentally paralyzing yeah. themselves because of the way they think. Mm-hmm. And they'll start manifesting more anxiety, more stomach aches, headaches, like people make things worse in their heads and then it physically starts to come out. So he's right. like sitting there. I can't walk. I'm like, motherfucker, you can walk. The doctor said you're fine. Like I have clients to do this, Vince, bro. It's, it's a thing. It is. It I'm like, there's nothing is. hurting you right now. You're in no trauma. Right. You're just literally just pissing yourself off right now. Uh, right. Stop. <laughs> have you tried just not doing that? Wow, what a great infomercial oh, you have. Dear. Stop it right now. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. Hill? It's the funniest thing when you see people coming into the office and they're just self-sabotaging. And it's like the liar liar version in me for uh when he's like, Stop breaking the law, asshole. <laughs> you just want to yell at him, man. Um True. It's, oh, so it's getting back into some other stuff that's that self sabotage that we just did from the replacements. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like this is another thing here, man, where humans will just make it so much more worse. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You realize that you're actually fine right now. All right. So, how do we therapize out of this? Intellectually, you will have to help your client. Step by step, peek through and break into some real rational thoughts. Get them out of all this chaotic, hyperbolic, crazy stuff that's going on. Get them to regulate the emotions. So doing some breathing, whatever it is, calming, distracting, whatever it is, and then actually get into the real stuff. And then you challenge them. Be like, think of all this crazy shit. How does that help you? Does it actually help you? Well, you know, I'm prepared. I'm on my game. Like, are you? Mm-hmm. Like, you're literally puking and shitting your brains out. Like, I don't think this is helping you. Uh, you can't sleep. You're, you're hurting yourself. There's a way to go about these things without destroying yourself and manifesting all these physical ailments. Uh, it, it's a tough process. Obviously, I was being an asshole by just saying, stop it. That's technically like me shoving in another knife to take out the other knife. Um, There's ways to therapeutically go about it. That's what I was thinking about when I saw this scene. He would Mm. not be the first one to have a mental breakdown, to get in a car accident, to have PTSD, then just to be traumatized and debilitated for a while. Uh, He needed therapy. He didn't need to be in the hospital. He needed therapy. Yeah. And uh, that's why you kind of see um, in later on in the movie, he he um, he tries to get back into racing again, but it's just he goes like 20 miles an hour. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing it. I got it. And he runs into a and he runs into someone's house. 
Yes. yes car. He, he drove his. He drove the car with his dad into someone's house. Jesus. Yes. Forgot about well, that. because his dad blindfolded him and told him oh, to okay. drive. Feel the roads. Feel, Feel the road. Blindfolded, and you run into someone's house. Like, oh my fucking god. There you go. You know, That's the, then the, the cops come. Then the cops come, and they start doing a chase with him in the car. Because his dad put fucking lucky charms underneath the car. He had to pull off the get out of the road or something. He pulled off into the, the, the toward the end. You know, he pulled off because he had lucky charms underneath his car. He thought it was hot. So the cars, the cops are chasing him at the end. Spencer, do you have any idea what he's talking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's fine. I'll go back it's and watch like, it. It's like, like before the. I remember the like cop chasing scene. To the end. Yeah, I think the cop yeah. chasing scene is is how he realized he's back and ready to race, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yep. Then he yep. pulls into the woods, and the cops keep chasing him, but he he does a turnaround and ends up into yep. the back of the woods. So, <laughs> so the moral of the story is is we need to get high as shit and drive over Lucky Charms. <laughs> That's what his dad wrote. He said, "Do not eat these. These are lucky charms or some shit." I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me. All right. Here's a little context. <laughs> Go ahead. So his dad called the cops on him and said that he planted drugs on him. So. <gasps> Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And That's, then so yeah. then he's driving away from the cops and then he's driving well. And nope. then he hides in the woods and then he finds that it's not drugs, it's lucky charms. And he's like, Hey, don't take these these are lucky charms <laughs> yeah because he needed to speed away from the cops and that's where he gets his confidence back so yes. his dad does exposure therapy but freaks him out because he doesn't want to go to prison yeah that's what we call good therapy yep good that's job, what i was dad. trying to i was trying to explain it to you i'm like what the hell are you all talking about <laughs> i said the same thing to you <laughs> I know. I was explaining it to you guys. He said, you "What are we talking about?" Well, okay, me. you was explaining it. How are you? <laughs> you motherfuckers just don't get it, do you? It's too meta. <laughs> it's too meta. I think I got a pimple here. Every time I hit this, it hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's actually a. Oh. I'm sorry. That was a good added to the pod though, because uh, that's how he gets over some of his fears is by literally walking through it. Yes. Yes, he does. Look at that. Ricky Bobby's dad. A piece of shit, but I'd also like a the healer. First part of- okay, okay. So after we just had a good conversation about the dad selling dope uh, and a few other different things, uh, we're going to tie everything up and then get out of here for our ending. So I am personally going to tie it up because we had some technical issues while recording. So I'm going to finish the pot up. So today what we went over we had tons of fun excuse us for some of that we were being a little bit crazy talking about stabbing and this and that uh all in good fun and then Celine going about the walmart trials and tribulations uh but in all seriousness the pod today was for good fun but there's some really good things to take away from it and some of the nervous anxiety that we talked about and social norms on how to act what to do with your hands like the social cues the possibly cultural norms, right? How do you present yourself? It's hard for a lot of us. Um, A lot of people worry about that and they try to assimilate as best as they can and mimic as best as they can. And it's tough. Uh, I see a lot of my clients burn out because of this, Uh, the camouflaging effect. And studies show that it does add to the rate of anxiety, depression, and overall burnout. So if you're always acting one way or always trying to put on a show, it takes away your energy and your and your juice for the rest of the day. 
I think there's a scene in one of the X-Men's that shows it perfectly uh, where one of them is trying to lift weights and they can't do it and they should, but you know, they're completely camouflaged and thus they are donating or deviating their energy to two different places instead of one. Uh, So it's a hell of a thing trying to blend in. Uh, So many of us struggle with it. Neurodivergent folks, obviously this is going to be the one of the major causes for anxiety, depression, isolation, uh, and suicidality in some cases too, if we feel like we never really get those friends or we keep getting rejected by humans over and over, whether romantic or platonic. Uh, the second scene, right, uh, it, it's a lot of jokes in it about uh, stabbing, um, but we can see how I, I tied it together where people are self-sabotaging and creating more issues than what there actually is. And then we start to believe some of those negative thoughts, some of those delusions see a lot with just anxious people in general, the fear-based thoughts, and then those automatic, intrusive, negative thoughts then start to perpetuate throughout us, and then we start to shut down. A lot of crazy stuff can happen. And if they get worse and worse and anxiety gets worse and worse, well, now we start to actually get some symptoms and side effects of OCD, and we become obsessive about what's actually going on. And so the obsessions can become our reality, and for some people, it's very intense. So if it does get to that point and you are self-harming through thoughts and delusions, uh, which does happen, trust me, it does. Even even I, a therapist, will sometimes get on one of those negative spirals. That's when we need to make sure we get a therapist, possibly medication if it's very bad and affecting our daily functioning. And we need to start processing outside with others, either verbally or writing things down on paper. But staying stuck in our head is normally not the safest place for many of our folks with anxiety. Uh, there's too many thoughts, they're too fast, they're too rapid, and they can get on top of you real quick. So I think that was a funny scene to maybe tie together how we can make things worse and how our friends sometimes can gas us, gas us up or gaslight us and make things way worse than what they actually are. Uh, lastly... Sling brought up the scene when they were driving in the car and the dad's like, you got drugs, you better go. That's actually pretty good for like, let's say exposure therapy. Uh, so he exposes Ricky Bobby to driving recklessly. He can no longer think about his fear of driving and his inabilities or let's say uh, catatonia where he's frozen. Uh, now he's just in a response, a reactionary phase instead of thinking. And he takes off and he drives and he gets his mojo back. Like I said, dad's a piece of crap, but technically that exposure therapy works pretty good for some of my students with anxiety and OCD uh, or like PTSD. Some small exposure to some of those stimuli that, that are bothering you can be ven- beneficial under supervision, under care, right? Under management. You're not just going to throw yourself into something, have a panic attack and then fall on the ground, just like in a ball crying. Let's not do that folks. Uh, so, Two different scenes. One scene that my brother brought up, but it had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Um, but very uh, efficable for therapeutic uh, treatment. So today, obviously, tons of fun. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, we got a tons and tons of pods coming out. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday at 1 o'clock Eastern. And now we're starting to do shorts. So on YouTube, we will be posting shorts. We also have the TikTok going and Instagram Reels. So please like, subscribe, and if you want to, we're also looking for uh, donations and sponsorships. 
So if you want, if you listen to this on the podcast side, you can donate to us. We already have a few folks donating to us monthly. We greatly appreciate it. And all that goes right back into the pod. So we can continue to like offset some of the money that we've already put in and it helps us out astronomically. All right, everyone, much love. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see you in a couple days. Any suggestions, let us know. Peace, folks. Don't you